Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the Star Line by a professional performer, artist, and publicist. She won Del Mar's TV Idol and a recording session when she was just 12 years old. You may know her as the tap dancer on Fox's I Can See Your Voice. We welcome Heather Yeomans. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Let's go beyond the mic. Before we talk about Shine, your history in tap or anything else, we need to know, do you have sounds playing in your ears when the judges are talking to you so you don't react to their words on I Can See Your Voice? I mean, in the beginning, when they introduce each secret voice and they make comments about each one as they go through one through six, yeah, you can hear those comments loud and clear. Once you're in the lip sync round or in the elimination phase, the music kind of overpowers any of the comments or interactions at that point. How do you keep a straight face when people are saying, man, she might be able to tap, but she can't sing? I know. I found that to be one of the hardest parts of the entire show, mainly because Ken is just so funny. And he brought in all these other comedians that were equally as funny. The jokes were there. It was really hard to keep a straight face. It was hard for me to hold it all together when I finally had to perform at the end. And they were all way shocked. I remember talking to my friend Angel, who was the phlebotomist on my episode. And she was standing up on the platform when I started to sing. And she said it was even hard for her to keep a straight face. Because she had no idea that I was a singer. Because... None of the secret voices know anything about each other before we go out onto the set. So we're guessing with everybody else and we're finding out at the same time. Now you play like we do play the game (laughs) while watching, making your own guesses. But did you make your guesses Mm -hmm. in your head while the show was actually taping? Yeah, I was. So here were my guesses for episode four. And I've been guessing on all the subsequent episodes and I've been getting five out of six. My episode was my worst episode for guessing. I thought the knight wasn't a singer. He ended up being a singer. I thought the chef was a singer, and that was true. Fashion designer actually thought was a singer, and she wasn't. So there you go. I got two wrong so far. Obviously, I don't count because (laughs) the karaoke king, I thought no, and I was right on that one. And then the phlebotomist, I thought no as well. I was wrong uh, like four times, I think. Heather Yeomans, the tap dancer from I Can See Your Voice, joins us beyond the mic. So you're held in separate rooms before the taping. Yeah. So how did the friendships, like you've said with the phlebotomist, start? That was after the show was taped, right? Yeah. So we were in our own dressing rooms that we really didn't leave for the majority of the shooting period just because, A, like they just wanted everybody to be safe and that just kept us very distant from everybody else, which I was appreciative of. B, the second reason was they didn't want the secret voices to like talk to each other or like hear each other practicing or get a sense of, of who the other people were because it would ruin the game. I did see some of the other secret voices when we had to run our lip sync rounds because we, we run those things as choreographers. So that was really my only interaction with anybody. And that was pretty much the day of or the day before that I ended up meeting these other people that were going to be on the episode. How long was the day taping that one episode? It was about a day. I would have to say, because we had two different occasions that we shot pieces of the episode, but cumulatively a day. And the portion that you see like the live gameplay, that's like 
over the course of an afternoon. I mean, it's done pretty quickly. And, you know, the uh, portion where the comedians are talking about each of the secret voices and kind of saying yes or like making fun of a voice, you know, in a joking way, that actually goes on for way longer in person. So it's really hard to keep a poker face, you know, when you're just standing up there. The hardest thing for us was, aside from the poker face, was holding the poses. So, like, we had to, we had to like, freeze, like, statues up on those platforms. And it was the hardest thing. And I have to say, I felt so lucky because I had, like, flats on. So, my tap shoes were, were not, like, high heels. The fashion designer had high heels. And she had to stand up there and, like, hold this pose, like, perfectly and, like, not move. I did not envy her. Take the time that you see on camera and, like, multiply that by, like, five or ten times. That's how much more time it takes to get the shots that you see there. Heather, why was performing on I Can See Your Voice so important to you? Well, you know, it gave me the opportunity to combine the two things that I love the most, and they are singing and tap dancing. And I got to, just being able to do them together is a dream. And when I originally was contacted about this process, I had no idea what pseudonym they were going to give me. I had no idea that they would like latch on to the tap thing. And when the producers finally told me that I was going to be the tap dancer and that I was going to tap on national television, I was like, you're kidding me, right? This is so cool. I was beyond excited, but also kind of nervous because when you think about reality TV shows or singing shows, like you already have enough pressure to deliver on your vocal, but then adding something like tap dancing. So there was a flautist on episode two. And there was a harpist, I think, on episode seven. So it's really hard, like, once you have something else to worry about, because it's more than the vocal, like, at that point. You're playing an instrument or you're dancing, you know, it just adds another layer. When I was rehearsing for the show, I remember talking to Dom Kelly, the choreographer, and I said, you know, if there's anything that I want to accomplish from being on the show, is to inspire people to learn how to tap dance or if they haven't tap danced in a long time to pull out those shoes and dust them off and tap dance at home because tapping really has been the thing that's kept me mentally sane during all of quarantine. In Los Angeles right now, we're back in lockdown mode. I'm pretty much just like stuck in my house. And what I do when when I'm getting a little stir crazy is I pull out my tap board and I put on a good song And I just tap dance to it. It makes everything a whole lot better by being on the show. Because at the end of the day, it's like, I'm proud of my performance and what I did and, you know, what I've accomplished. But when you're an artist, there's a point where it doesn't, it's not really about you anymore. You know, it's not as, like, when I go on that show, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm Heather Yeomans as a tap dancer. I'm performing as me. But what I'm trying to accomplish is more for others. And not as much for myself. Like there's a point in this business, you know, when you've worked, it's like when you don't really feel like you have anything else to prove to anyone, that's when like all these different possibilities open up. You know, when I changed my mindset and it was less about like having to prove myself, I was like, now I can like serve with my performing. That gives me this whole other layer of purpose. And this show really gave me a chance to do something for other people. The amount of messages that I've received from young dancers and singers and how like I inspire them, like I get those daily. 
it is just so inspiring to me that I'm able to pay it forward and inspire and give back to those people. That's what I wanted to accomplish. That's why the show meant so much to me. And, you know, I just got to have fun doing what I love. Now, tap is such a physical exertion. (laughs) Then you have to start singing. Yeah. So that was something that I had to really think about when we were rehearsing for the show and for the filming to make sure that, you know, whatever tapping I did before my elimination song, I needed it to be really simple, but very impactful. And I worked with this incredible choreographer on the show. His name is Dom Kelly. He recently choreographed all of Mariah Carey's Christmas special with Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson. He's an incredible talent. He was there with me like the entire process to make sure that I felt comfortable with the amount of tapping I had to do before I sang. And he was there to just, you know, make everything look so polished. He's one of the best tap dancers in the world, in my opinion. He's he's so talented. He's been a professional dancer since he was like a child. It is hard, you know, so I kept it simple. With tap, you can do tricks and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, tapping is like playing an instrument. So I just tried to keep it really musical. The jumping or the tricks like didn't get in the way of me actually singing. I was able to do more showy movements before my lip sync round because I actually didn't have to sing that. Heather Yeomans, the tap dancer from I Can See Your Voice, joins us beyond the mic. Now we got the show questions done. Let's talk about tap. You've been doing tap for a specific medical reason. Tell us about it. It was, and that's, you know, a fact that I didn't even tell producers until after the show aired because I didn't want anybody to know it's technically a disability. It's not something like I wanted to reveal. Um, I wanted it to be something that, that I could like talk about and reveal to my fans. And I don't want, I didn't want it to be a part of my story on the show because I don't see it as something that defines me. When I was around like three years old, my parents noticed that my left leg and like foot were like turning in like way noticeably. Something that they saw pretty consistently. They took me to a doctor. The doctor said, okay, she has this thing. It's called tubular introversion. And it's basically like a fancy way of saying I'm pigeon-toed like on my left foot. But it's caused by the way that my bones are structured, like my hip, my legs. It's like, it's hard for me to really describe it in like medical terms. But it's just, it's just the way my leg is structured. So the doctor told my parents, there are two things that you can do. And this was over a series of visits. They said, we can do a surgery. We can operate, shave down some of the bone near the socket. I, if, I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly, I, I also was a toddler when this was happening. So all I remember from this moment is what my mom has told me. I do actually remember being in the doctor's office, but I don't remember the details. I just remember being afraid. So they said you could do the surgery or you could put her in LA or like dance lessons and we'll see how it goes. And so I did these follow-up visits. My parents put me in dance lessons at a local dance center. It was a, a combo ballet tap class. So the first part was ballet, the second part was tap. I was there like physically for the ballet because that was that's the type of dance that really helps with an issue like this. You learn to turn, you know, your leg and your hip and, and your foot like out just with some of the movements that are involved in that style of dance. I came for the ballet, but I stayed for the tap. The tap was my favorite. My dad loves to play the drums. That had a big influence on me growing up. And I think there's something about it that just flips. Like, you know, when you like, 
you start something and you're like, this could be like my thing. <laughs> and you're, you're like, and I was a kid. But I'm like, this this just feels right. You know, this feels like me. It feels like something I'm supposed to do. Funny how like, supposed to be there for the ballet, but I like the other style so much. That's really what stuck. I mean, not that I, sometimes I'll dance ballet occasionally. Honestly, dance has been such therapy for me and it really saved my body. And I didn't open up about this story until after the show aired on my Instagram. I posted this video. I think I also posted it on Twitter where um, I told the fans, you know, this is something that I don't talk about very much, but, you know, I wanted to find the appropriate time to tell you guys about it. And, you know, here's my story. I think the purpose of it is it kind of goes back to like the whole reason why I wanted to be on the show. I wanted to inspire people to tap dance or sing. And I think it's really easy to get discouraged and not go off your dreams or not try something because maybe you think like it's not for you or your body's not right for it or it's too hard or you can't do it. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I got so frustrated over not being able to do a certain move a specific way. I couldn't move my body like other people when it came to style of ballet. That was the hardest thing for me to do. And it, it still is harder. I just have to work a lot harder at making some of the shapes. But I want people to know, like, no matter what, like, say if you have something wrong with your legs, you know, like, that doesn't define you. You know, and, and I know that my issue is very small compared to things that a lot of other people go through. For that, I'm very lucky. And I know that I'm very lucky that this is just like a little obstacle that I had to get over. I'm just inspired by people that despite you know a disability or an obstacle in their life they want to do something so badly they feel compelled to do it so badly that they do anything that they can to overcome the obstacle and to be creative and to create i just wanted to inspire people i wanted to let them know that you can do whatever you set your mind to like don't let an issue with your body or self-doubt get in your way. What words of wisdom have your parents given you on this 20-year road of entertaining? <laughs> oh my gosh, they've said so much to me. I'm very close with my parents. They live in San Diego. I live in Los Angeles. It's been hard like not seeing them as frequently during this time. I've seen them like two or three times. Um, outdoors, hiking, masks. I talk to them all the time on the phone, all the time. FaceTime. My mom has recently told me, like, remember why you do what you do. And that really resonated with me because, you know, it's really easy when you've been working in this industry for a while to just get caught up in, okay, what is the next thing that I can do? How can I level up what I'm doing? And it's all about, you know, sometimes you have to be really hard on yourself to get better. But my mom is somebody that always has come out and said, enjoy yourself, take a deep breath, just get lost in the moment. And remember why you're doing this. That's never been, you know, a more important piece of advice in my performing career than it is now. Because, you know, performing is something that after you've done it for a while, you know, you're always learning. You're always refining. But there's a point where, you know, you have to think less about the I'm being a student part of it and more about the how do I express myself in the most honest way possible and the only way to do that is to lose yourself in the moment so that's something i always have to remind myself of my parents have always reminded me too that you know just keep going and keep trying because 
eventually, you know, something really cool is going to happen. And I think being on the show is kind of like a testament to that. Been in this industry for relative to my age, I've been performing professionally like two thirds of my life, something like that. You sang at the Staples Center, but it all started at a concert for UNICEF. It did, yeah. Well, you know what? You mentioned Delmar TV Idol in the beginning of the interview. I thought that was so funny because I reached, before the show aired, I posted this video, which you might have seen, and it's me. It's like a glow-up challenge. It's little Heather, 12-year-old Heather, performing on Delmar TV Idol, which is like this little like local TV station in San Diego that called a like a talent competition and my parents took me and I sang the song and I was just a little child with a big voice. I sang I don't even know what it was, you were my hero or hero. Hero. Yeah, it was hero. And and then I cut to me singing at the Staples Center on New Year's Eve twenty twenty for the Los Angeles Kings. I mean for those of you listening that don't know what the Staples Center is, it's pretty much like one of the biggest venues in Los Angeles is to 20,000 people. Singing the national anthem acapella to that many people is very exciting, but very terrifying, I must say. Because you just like, you could hear a pin drop in the stadium and you've got all these hockey players around you and like four cameras just like circling you and the rink, the people and like your voice. And it's, I, you know, whenever... I get to do that again. It's going to, I feel like I'll like perform, I'll like sing the anthem and then I'll like walk off like the ice or like the field. I'll probably like cry. This time has been so hard for people that are born to perform because the way that I thrive is by sharing that with other people, by singing for other people, dancing with other people. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to have been on the show, um, but I have a lot of friends who are equally if not more talented deserve those opportunities that have been at home and you know they really miss performing if I was ever in that position again seeing at Staples because you know on New Year's Eve 2020 I went out onto that ice and I had no idea how 2020 was gonna gonna unfold I had all these plans I thought I knew exactly how it was gonna go at first I was really scared when all this happened um, and we're still you know dealing with it right now so then, you know, it really settled in. I was depressed for, for a few months, and then the show called me back. and not really like, lifted me out of everything. But I am just beyond grateful to be able to share what I love with people. Like, it's not, a, for me, it's not about showing off. It's not about, you know, being better than somebody else. It's about sharing what I love to do. I try to remember this. You never know who you're inspiring in the process. It's like some people could be inspired by you and they don't even like say it. I'm just kind of continuing to do my thing and I'm putting music out there. I um, released a song Shine right before my episode aired and it was written as a love letter to my younger self. You know, I am a songwriter and like I mentioned before, I've, I've been in this business. I've been in like the recording industry working professionally since I was a teenager, since I was 13. This song really bridges like the oldest in you. You know, because it's like older Heather telling younger Heather that you can find your strength like inside of you, like find your inner beauty and, you know, help that propel you and make you shine out to the world and inspire people. Um, I highly encourage people to go watch the music video. It's a parody on um, the 90s rom-com film Never Been Kissed because 
I am Lily Sobieski's doppelganger. At least the internet thinks so. And Lily too, I think, because like, she commented on my video with like a bunch of emojis. So uh, I'm a big fan of hers. I love that movie. I love Drew Barrymore too. Yeah, you know, I've got new music coming in 2021. It's definitely in the vein of, you know, that, that whole positive and optimistic vibe because that's who I am as a person and that's who I am as an artist. And I think that's most authentic to me. So I'm really looking forward to putting that out there. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to do a cover of Youngblood at some point. That was my elimination song on the TV show on I Can See Your Voice. I, I really do hope that comes to fruition because I think the fans are going to really love it because they've been requesting it on YouTube, on Instagram. But for those of you listening that haven't started watching I Can See Your Voice yet, if you want to catch up on the entire series, you can do that on Hulu. You can do that on Fox Now. Um, I highly recommend that you catch up on it because there were some pretty incredible singers that were um, discovered on this season. And it's all thanks to, to Ken Jung and, and the other producers from the show. Definitely a shout out to Ken. Ken is a really great person. And, you know, I work with him only a little bit on set. You're very, all very distant, obviously, for good reasons. But Ken reached out to me publicly over Twitter and then over DM on Instagram thanking me for everything. And, you know, Ken, I know he's a really busy man. And the fact that he did that was pretty incredible and shows what kind of person he is. And, you know, you can always get a sense of what kind of person he is by the other people that they surround themselves with. All the celebrity detectives and you know, Pat Monahan, who is the music superstar on my episode, were incredible. They were just so nice and encouraging and had so many nice things to say to me after I performed. And Pat, he said so many nice things to me. A lot of it didn't make, make the air, but like, I feel like I connected with him so much because I'm, I'm really inspired by him and Train. He's a big influence of mine. And I told him that. And I just like vibed with him. And then Adrian was awesome. And you got, you're like, we're so sorry. <laughs> Like, you're, you really are a singer, you know, and I'm just so thankful that I had this opportunity. As an MBA recipient from California State University, you hustle every day through a day of publicity for Fender. Then you have practice or, when times were better, a gig, plus writing and creating music. How has time management become vital for you? And what things have you had to sacrifice so you could be successful? Wow, that is a great question. And you're the first person during my interviews about the show to ask me about my business degree. Bravo. <laughs> yeah, time management is everything. And you know, I'm getting better at it every single day. It's hard when I'm at home because it's very easy to get distracted. So, like I'm just staring at like four walls trying to get a bunch of different things done. Yeah, when I went to business school, I was working full-time as a publicist and gigging as a singer. I guess I had like two full-time jobs. Going to school at night, working during the day, the nights I wasn't at school, I was performing or recording. I had to make every single minute count. Every single minute. Like when I'm in the car, I was talking to my family to make sure that I was like staying in touch with them. I'd practice a song. You know, I don't really miss driving in traffic, you know, now that there isn't really traffic in LA due to the pandemic. But one thing I do miss is all my practice sessions in my car while sitting in traffic because I was able to get just so much done. It's a great way to like learn lyrics. So I just listen to the song over and over again. You know, there's so many intersections 
with what I do as a singer, as, a, as an artist and a performer, and what I do at Fender. So that makes it really great because it's almost like killing two birds with one stone. I could be inspired by something I do at Fender for, you know, an artist thing that I'm working on. I also meet some really great producers, musicians through Fender that have actually worked on my music. I feel very lucky to have several different jobs that all relate, if you will. But sometimes I don't, they all intersect. And I've always been a busybody. Like even when I was a kid, like I still went to public school and then like I would go to LA like in the evening for acting classes or for auditions. And like the weekends I'd go up to LA. So like, this is the life that I've always led. Like I've always been doing like five things at once. I just change up what the things are. And so for a while it was business school and like my job and then, and then doing all the singing stuff. And then, you know, when I finished my business degree, that really opened up a lot of time for me to just be more creative. That was back in 2017. And so since then, I've really been just trying to get better and trying to stay creative, become a better tap dancer and singer and, and put some, some music out into the world. I'm getting more and more inspired each day. And I think the moment that like I'm not is, you know, when I shouldn't be doing this anymore. But I don't think that there's ever going to be a day where I just wake up and I'm like, eh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Unless I'm really tired, you know, and that, that happens too. And I've, I've really learned, um, you know, the meaning of like rest and being able just to like have a day that you do nothing. I think everybody's kind of like that though. Like you need some time to just recharge. After the show aired, it was so much. It was just a whirlwind that, you know, I did take a few, a few days to just not do anything, but like watch Gilmore Girls and America's Next Top Model on Netflix. <laughs> get like desserts from my favorite bakery and it was uh it was a good time but you know i would say like anybody who's trying to juggle a bunch of different things at once just think about okay what needs to get done today or like say if like you want to have a performing career and you're like working in nine to five just be realistic and know that like okay i'll probably be able to do like two things towards my performing career today and take those two things and do that and do that every single day because like all these little, little steps, like will guide you up an entire mountain. If you just stay consistent. Time's running out. So it's time for the Rocky Nate. Eight random questions. <laughs> Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh boy. Oh. There is no pressure. I am, but I like this game though. I like these types of games. Now I heard you found out about beyond the mic because of Taryn Papa from the voice. And mm-hmm. if you haven't sent Taryn a toy llama, you need to hashtag send Taryn a llama. I need to. I love Taryn. We're, we're supposed to collaborate. I discovered her from the voice, obviously, and reached out. And now we're Instagram friends. And she's just like awesome. She's so cool. She's so talented, too. Okay, there's no pressure. Favorite jazz musician, alive or dead? Natalie Cole. Your husband, John, has played with Julian Lennon, Steven Tyler, and more. How supportive has he been on this path to stardom? 100%. He was my guitar player before we started dating. Really? He was. Yeah, he took that gig a little too far, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> okay, tap outfits are always weird. What's the worst tap outfit you've ever danced in? It was a dance leotard for a number that we did to the Flintstones theme. It was like cave girl chic with sequins. No, I did not like that outfit. (laughs) The perfect weekend getaway has what in it? The ocean. I know you've performed musically, and I know you love musicals, so 
What's your favorite musical? Wicked. I need to know what the favorite thing from your time at Heartbreakers, the Women of Rock. Ah, that's my my college radio show that I had at Long Beach State. Uh, oh my gosh. Playing as many heart songs as I wanted. <laughs> so what's your favorite heart song? Straight on. You work at Fender, so I gotta ask. Favorite guitar to play? Is, does a bass count? Sure, anything like counts. A, like a jazz bass? It's a Fender American Professional Jazz Bass. How do you decompress? Watching Gilmore Girls on Netflix. She once tapped in a Flintstones-themed leotard, likes to relax <laughs> by watching Gilmore Girls, and loves Wicked. Heather Yeomans, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you for just making my evening so much more entertaining. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.